West LA podcast. This is episode two. Jamal Corner here with uh, Pastor Lawrence. How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing well. Jamal, thanks again for coming early in the morning. You're the man. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we got all the kinks out from episode one. Um, talked a bit about why we do what we do. And I think today we want to discuss um, something I'm really excited about just because I think it's so relatable. And that's the idea of calling or being called, you know, something that we always uh, wrestle with. So I think um, a great place to start really is from a personal place. Um, so if you want to maybe talk, speak to us a bit about uh, how you felt you were called. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it short. I think uh, for those listeners, most of them, probably people at our own church have heard my story over and over <laughs> again. Um, but it is interesting for me, it came at a young age, at the age of 16, when I least expected it. Um, I was responding to an invitation to really give my life back to Jesus, and I felt and heard, I think those are the two things I would use, is I felt um, like an impression, Mm -hmm. the sense of maybe God grabbing my shoulder, and then maybe like a whisper, if you will, that God was calling me to full-time ministry, pastoral ministry, maybe not in those exact words, but I knew that I knew that I knew, and in the process after there was a lot of ups and downs, trying to figure it out, but I think that clarity was anew, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the beginning point for me. I see, I see. Um, yeah, I, th- I think for me, um, and I've, I've talked a bit about this, but uh, my the church that I grew up in essentially started in our living room, mm-hmm. uh, so at you know three or four, I would come downstairs to Bible studies, and I always felt a strong pull. Um, I think when I was very young, uh, I, I got very excited about about Jesus and and this idea, and I used to. You ever watch He Man? Yeah, up? of course. You know, by the power of grace. Call, <laughs> by right? the power of grace, call. So <laughs> which I, is actually not good for Christians to say, but <laughs> by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Um. So so I had I had this this insight that I felt that uh, a lot of the villains on the show uh kind of portrayed evil spirits. Again, mm-hmm. this is three, four, or five year old logic. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, I talked to all my neighbors about this, right? I went to different homes. Uh, long story short, uh, a lot of my neighbors got rid of their He-Man toys and <laughs> threw them out. You were a successful evangelist. I was. No, no. However misguided, I think the point is at a, at a young age, I think God really gave me an insight that uh, my words have influence mm-hmm. and have power. Wow. Um, and that, that's something that I've always taken with me. Um, yeah. In a lot of ways, and it comes with it comes with responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that was that was my three year old insight. Sure, I've, I've grown since then. Yeah, um, but I think the calling is still the same. Um, that's that's so interesting, Jamal. So for you, I, and I think this is really helpful for people to hear because I think for me, and this is something I wanted to talk about, um, is this idea that we want um, we want the supernatural to be super natural for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was me, right? Like, like God speaking to me, which was not something I've ever heard before. And it wasn't this audible voice and it wasn't you know, like Moses in the burning bush, right. but it was this deep sense, really a deep sense. Um, and almost a whisper to my heart that I knew, like God grabbed the hold of me. It was within. Yeah. I would say that's a, like a more of a supernatural encounter mm-hmm. and that I want people to have that, like to expect those things are just, they're just supernatural part of our life. But I love mm-hmm. yours because I also think that things that are just super natural mm-hmm. could be supernatural, sure. right? And I love your story is um, there was a sense that what you were doing was effective, mm-hmm. but it also came natural to you. Right. And I think you were excited about it. Uh, very. Right. I yeah, was you, very so excited. So you were, you, were, 
you were passionate about it. It was almost like something in you mm -hmm. that was just coming out. It was supernatural to you, right? And um, and then you saw influence. You saw effectiveness, right. and there was a sense of standing back and go, "Ooh, I've got, I've got something here." Or hopefully. You know, we would all say God's given me something. Absolutely, wow. and I, I think you, yeah, you speak to something uh, really important, and it's that calling. I think goes beyond being a pastor, right? right. It goes beyond the pulpit, sure, right? It, it it relates to all of us as as God's children. I think we're all called mm -hmm. um, on some level. Um, so yeah, I hope that that was. I mean, I'm interested to hear a little bit more. Like, so how did you sure. work that out? At a young age, knew that your voice had influence. Mm -hmm. Was there a realization that? I should do something with this. How did you test it out? I mean, last the last episode we talked about experimenting. Uh huh. Um, you know, for me, when I came home at sixteen, I encountered a number of obstacles, but also a number of like, wow, God's in this. Sure. But there were a lot of still more obstacles and challenges and figuring out process along the way. Right. What was that for you? You got this deep sense that your voice had influence, and then kind of give us a summary of from from you know that to what absolutely um well i'm so i'm a writer right but that's that's my career choice um so i think it started to to mani manifest itself in that way i mm. think um in that i think you know the words that i use right the words that god's given me the words that i craft yeah um i knew could affect people well you also chose a major that was related to that 100 communications yeah uh, communications um so that that informed i think everything that i did sure um you know in church right i started i started writing for our newsletter oh wow um, so okay. I, you know I, so i got involved That's that awesome. way i think on a in a social aspect um what my mother always told me is that i'm a peacemaker wow. um so I think, you know, on a social aspect, I always, uh, you know, use my words to, I think, galvanize and wow. bring people together in a, in a right way. Sometimes it would deal with racial things. Sometimes, yeah. it, uh, So I think there are a lot of ways that that... Co-hosting a podcast. Co-hosting a <laughs> podcast, right? So that, that seed was planted, right? And it, and it manifested in, I think, and it still is manifesting right. in all these different ways, I think, as God wow. reveals more to me and, and shows me more about me, right? Right. So, I mean, just to kind of summarize what I'm hearing is there was a sense of it informed your major. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think it has to be directly. Like, obviously, you could have done journalism, right? English. I don't think there was one kind of major, but you did choose communications. That's I helpful. Did. Yep. You also got involved at your church. Right. And you did a bunch of um, ministries. And, and I'm sure even if the church didn't have a particular ministry, you just found something that could tap into your gift. Exactly. Uh, you said newsletters. Right. Um, and then, of course, as you finished college, just kind of stepped into things that could help you uh, use those giftings and talents and to kind of build off of them. Exactly. And, and again, I think the key thing is it doesn't have to look a certain way because even if you feel like that general sense, my voice has influence, mm -hmm. that could turn into tons of things. And I think part of calling is you are getting better at that specific niche, niche over time. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know if I'll share it this Sunday, but I've shared in the past this idea of convergence. Okay. And I think as young people, we're always in a rush. So it's this linear understanding, right? When you come out of college, because you've been in school 18 years, oh, you should just, you've, you've arrived. Mm -hmm. And I think when you come out of college, you're actually still not even at the beginning. You're at the pre-beginning, I true. think, right? This is true. And so you've just got to get a bunch of experience on your belt. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us feel like in our 20s, we should just arrive, especially when you hear stories like Mark Zuckerberg or you hear a lot of these young people who mm -hmm. are making, you know, billions of dollars or millions of dollars. We all want to be like them. Right. 
But even in your 30s, you haven't arrived. I mean, I feel uh, someone said in this idea of convergence, 20-somethings is when you kind of just try a bunch of stuff, uh, go out on an adventure, just experience life and kind of begin to see what you're good at. Uh, because in your 20s, what you have is passion. Right. And when I first heard that, I was pretty offended. As a 20-year-old, I was like, I got a lot to offer, right? <laughs> I but got I, more than that. That's right. But right. I do feel like 20s is when you're really trying to prove yourself, sure. both to the world, but to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're kind of like, oh, get in there. Right. Um, but patience is really what we need to, to just build. And in our 30s is where we begin to begin to know what we're good at. Mm-hmm. We're not great at it. It may feel like we're great at it. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at a lot of things. But just to recognize... Uh, in in a humble sense, like oh, I'm I'm getting good at these things, and then this idea of convergence is you don't get really great like into that that zone, if you will, mm-hmm. until your 40s, mm-hmm. and that was helpful for me to kind of maybe frame everything that there was a a release of pressure. I don't have to have it figured out in my 20s. I can kind of uh, stride into my 30s and begin to see what I'm good at, and then hopefully my 40s, mid 40s, like I'm, I'm, for lack of a better phrase, I'm hopefully will have arrived. And then they say your 50s, 60s, and on is your legacy years. I think 50s you're still in your zone, but 60s and on your your legacy years where you're passing it down to people, you're raising up new leadership, mm-hmm. all the things that you have to offer, you're just pouring it in. To that, me, that's really helpful. That that makes actually a lot of sense. Um, and kind of we discussed last week uh, in the podcast. That actually, this podcast itself is an extension of you right. finding in, more of your in calling. My 30s. Right, exactly. You evolving more in your calling and, and finding out more of those things that God has placed within you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you this, since we've kind of defined that calling is bigger than being a pastor, it's right. bigger than a pulpit. pulpit. Um, what do you think it means in general to be called? Yeah, that's a great question. I was looking, um, particularly in the New Testament. I think you have the the Old Testament calling. The one I always go to for calling is Moses. Um, Moses is kind of doing his own thing and and kind of uh, maybe in rebellion. He's run away or maybe like a, if not rebelliousness, just as a, hiding out as a fugitive. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of spent the majority of his life just as a shepherd. And then God shows up in a burning bush. And it's hard to know what calling looks like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't use that word but gives him a bunch of directions, directions and direction, <laughs> right? Because he needs it. And is the sense of homecoming. He goes uh-huh. back to Egypt. He becomes this um, amazing figure that sets Israel free. Um, that's that idea, to me, a pretty clear sense of calling. But it wasn't necessarily in a occupation. I don't think Moses got right. paid right. to set Israel free. Sure, it was beyond that. Yeah, a lot of recognition for that. But it was heeding God's voice and just kind of obeying each step of the way, and in his obedience, he had fulfilled his calling. In the New Testament, um, the idea of calling, they actually use the word called or calling, and there's two Greek words to describe this. The The first one is, um, um, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mess this up. Let me, let me pull up my... <laughs> what, I, what I actually, I was going to say, what I yeah, love about uh, the idea of Moses, and, and really you can use this for so many figures that have been called uh, within the word, is that... Uh, he necess- he wasn't necessarily the the best candidate to to lead, right? Just on paper, as you as you mentioned, yeah. um, and and you see that so much, and that uh, calling really is this idea, and I think you spoke about this Sunday as well. Um, it's an idea ultimately of of upgrade. Uh, so it's mm. an idea of of God uh, taking you from where you are and getting you to where you should be, where He has for you. Um, yeah. Which is incredibly inspiring to me um, because I think a lot of people are called to things that they don't 
they can't necessarily conceptualize or they don't see necessarily right away. It doesn't right. make the perfect sense to them. Yeah. Um, but it's in God's plan. Yeah. Um, ultimately. So. Yeah, for example? sure. So, I mean, one of the ones that I, there's, there's multiple passages. Um, I'll just reference if anybody, anybody wants to look. Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 1, 1. But here in Ephesians 4, 4, what I like about it, it has two, actually two words calling, uh, two, two words. So the first one, I'll just read this. Um, unfortunately, I'm, <laughs> I'm using Blue Letter Bible for anybody who's interested, <laughs> and it just defaults to King James Version. So here we go. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 4 says, there's one body. And one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. So it talks about God calling you and then having a calling. So the two ideas, I'll just give you the Greek words. To be called is this word kaleo. And it's the sense of just inviting you. Just a very generic call. Uh, I'm inviting you. God's calling you into his family. And then talks about of your calling is this word klesis. And klesis is what Paul uses to describe that he was called to be an apostle. Okay which is very much vocation. Paul was not an apostle. He was somebody that would antagonize Christians. He would go house to house and persecute them. Then he gets called, Kaleo, called to Jesus to become a disciple of Jesus on the road to Damascus. That's the Kaleo, I'm called to his family. And then with that Kaleo call, he gets the Klesis call, which is the uh, the vocational call to be an actual apostle. And so you have his role, apostle, linked to his gift, apostleship. And so that's one reason why we're trying to figure out our spiritual gift is what is the vocational calling, klesis, that is paired with our spiritual gift calling. I see. And obviously in the Bible, be- because they're doing ministry, mm-hmm. that's that's most easily paired with Paul's calling. But of course, it extends way beyond that. Right. I think right. Um, different characters. Uh, I think Martin Luther was one of them, um, as well as other people gave uh, a robust theology that vocation was definitely beyond uh, ministerial, but yeah. seeing secular as ministry as well. And a lot of different theologians have done wonderful work on that. So helping us to get rid of this sa- sacred secular divide, but mm-hmm. saying we're all called, kaleo, number one, to Jesus, to be sons and daughters. Right. And then we are uh, called or have a calling, klesis, a vocational calling, uh, that is paired with our spiritual gift that could be sacred or secular, um, but all is for the ministry of God. So there are layers kind of to call There's it, layers, but it's uh-huh. for, for everyone. Right. And it is a biblical concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this, this togetherness of now that I'm a son and daughter of God, I kind of have a new calling vocationally. And that doesn't mean you have to change your career, right? If you were not a Christian um, and you were doing, let's say, what we're doing now, maybe you're a radio DJ or you're podcasting, <laughs> It's actually just repurposing that now with a kingdom purpose and then discovering your gifts and using them for for the kingdom, uh, which may just change your purpose. It may even change how you're doing things, um, may even change your impact. I was reading a bit of Romans uh, kind of in preparation for this, um, which I love and talks a lot about calling, being called according to his purpose. Um, and it, it kind of brought me to a question, I think, is uh, non-Christians, are they called as well? Yeah, I mean, um, I think they're called first in the Kaleo sense. I think they're called to the family of God. Mm-hmm. And when I say they're called, they're, they're invited. Um, it's it's um, the idea that obviously shows up in Scripture, too, that there's an invitation. You can think of a wedding invitation, if you will, or a birthday right. party invitation. There's an invitation sent to everyone, mm-hmm. and they're invited to the table. They're uh, Kaleo called. First, the family of God, right? Got because it. vocation comes out of uh, identity first. Uh-huh. So when you become a child of God, then he's got something for you. Um, I think prior to that, 
people are finding their purpose, but I think as I've talked about, um, people are just trying to take stabs at it, trying to figure things out. You you mentioned the wedding invitation, which uh, brings me to right to to Jesus. Uh, one of my favorite verses, a, a really challenging verse actually for me to to totally understand what it means. But it's the idea that uh, many are called and few are chosen, right? And when he when he says that, he was speaking. That's your favorite verse. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not it's not my favorite verse, but as it as it pertains to calling, I think it's it's the one that it's the one that's most indelible. Uh, but it's also it's also always been very challenging for me to, yeah. to understand exactly what that meant. Um, and I know he was speaking about uh, a wedding um, yeah. as, as a parable, um, and that has a lot of layers. Uh, sure. Talking about you know the ultimate calling, which is uh, being in the kingdom of God, right? right. Ultimately, right. Um, but I'm asking you a very difficult sure. question in a, in yeah, a very short it, period of time, easier. right? Right, right, right. So I need you to digest this in about three <laughs> minutes, Pastor. Um, but w- what did he mean when he said that? Many are called, few are chosen. I think, um, so there's obviously two takes on this, and hopefully this doesn't get too theological for our listeners, but maybe it's good. This is the place to do that. Sure. Um, there's the idea that comes from Calvinism, that there's a pre-selected amount of people the known as the elect. Okay. And God has predestined some to be in the family of God and predestined others to not be. Um, that's more of a Calvinist theology. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm personally not Calvinist, so I don't think that there is a particularly um, amount of people that are chosen and not chosen. I think people do choose on their own, right? The idea of free will. So um, it is a challenging passage, but what I like about that particular passage is that it does come in the setting of a wedding. And so you you can almost understand that when God talks about uh, many are called, again, so that used that word kaleo, mm-hmm. many are invited. And very much that's the case for a wedding. Uh, the the master tells a servant to send out the invitation publicly, call people from all over, and he does. So everyone is called, actually. Calvinists would say that um, only the elect, or, or I guess they would say the, the elect are also called, invited, but that Jesus actually only gave his life for the elect versus for me, I think Jesus gave his life for all people. Right. And then, um, which I think to me pairs really well with everyone's called. Everyone gets Kaleo mm-hmm. invitation because Jesus has died for all, but not everyone chooses him. So that's, that's actually what happens in the wedding. You know, they're scrambling and inviting people and there's people who didn't want to come. So they're just making it wide and uh, it's available to all, if you will. And then uh, not everyone shows up. Um, right. And so when Jesus says that at the end, I think it is in the context of that understanding. It is a little cryptic. Um, I think just to simplify it, it is the idea of many are invited uh, to the family of God, except many do not do not choose to accept it. I see. Um, I was reading, someone wrote this, that there's an external call and the internal call. Everyone is externally kaleo. They are called by God. That's an external call. But not everyone has this deep sense, the internal call of going, that's mm-hmm. what I want. I see. Um, that's probably another way to it. So just not everyone accepts that call. Sure. I think for me, one of the reasons it, it was also a challenging passage is because it seems to speak to a responsibility of ours. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we think about calling, uh, we think about you know a road being paved, kind of a supernatural uh, something that's destined to happen that that just happens. Right. I think if you if you were to give me a prophecy right now, on a certain level, I still have to walk in that. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't just expect that that's going to material yeah. materialize. 
Um, and, I, and I also think even when you do walk in, it, walk in it, and I think you spoke to this Sunday too, there's kind of a, I don't know if burden is the right word, but there's a weight or a test also sure. uh, that you're going to be given with, within your calling, right? Yeah. Um, in order to, to achieve ultimately mm-hmm. uh, what God has for you. Can you sp- kind of speak to that test as well? Yeah. Um, well, you had talked about there's a responsibility to the call mm-hmm. to maybe respond to it, to right. kind of do your part. And I think it's kind of that question of how much is God and how much is us? And I think it's sure. 100% God and 100% us, mm-hmm. right? I think the idea of, um, actually, since we're talking about Elijah, I think that idea of Elijah bringing that sacrifice mm-hmm. was him bringing 100% himself and that God lighting it up was 100% himself. So we should definitely feel, um, I don't know if the word weight of responsibility is the, the best word or phrase to use, but we should have a sense of, the Bible uses the word of stewardship, mm-hmm. which is responsibility. I right. think we should feel maybe the privilege. And, and I think that idea of whether you eat or drink, do for the glory of God. So I want to, whether someone's looking at me or not, do my best. So um, I think that applies to school. Uh, I wasn't the best student, so I mean, I think school, Me school's, yeah, school, school. So I'm not giving you the lecture of you need to get A's unto the Lord. But I think uh, I do wish there were better habits that I had back in school because all those study habits. It's all relative. It's it's yep. all. I mean, that's what I do almost every week. Is I'm doing mm-hmm. a research paper every single week. Yep. You know, for a sermon, uh, and if I wasn't a pastor definitely can use for other fields. So I think there are things that we can apply ourselves to in school. I think there are ways that relationships are huge because we always think of vocation maybe as a bunch of skills and tasks, but we forget that whatever thing you're called to, it's going to involve, for most people, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even a research lab, not as much, but still you're going to work with people, a supervisor, um, maybe to get a grant. We all work with people. And I think building relationships and learning how to honor people in relationships is a huge responsibility that's part of anyone's calling. Sure, Building character is huge. I gave a, a message series uh, called, um, what was it called? Becoming the Villain. Okay. And it's all about how we can self-sabotage. I think that is also part of our vocational responsibility that, okay, God may have called me to whatever it is, but I can self-sabotage mm-hmm. if I'm not working on my blind spots. I'm not asking God to fill me up. If I'm not learning from my mistakes, not just tasks and skills, but character and life lessons, those are all huge. So I think having a continue, continuously submitted posture and holding our calling with a sense of reverence is extremely important and doing our best um, to get better at whatever it is God's called us to Every year, I have a vision that hopefully every year I'm better than the previous year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a part of being responsible. That's awesome. So I want to close kind of with this because I, I feel like someone's listening to this podcast and going, man, that's great. That's awesome information. But how do I hear from God? How do I hear yeah. his calling from my life? You know, I think that that's a thirst that everybody has, yeah. um, including me. Sure. Um, what, what would be kind of your response to that? Yeah, I mean, there's multiple ways, and I don't know that there's one particular right way. That's probably really helpful for people to know. There's not a particular right way. Very helpful. And even even here at our church, uh, coming up, just a little plug, we're doing a Discover Destiny class for that reason. It, it takes investment on somebody, mm-hmm. and you can't just discover it on a Sunday morning listening to messages. So even for me— even my initial call of sensing God, I was really confused. And it took somebody later on in my life. So I, I kind of went on for, 
from 16 to about 22 or 23. So it's like seven years. I just kept this thing internally, believed it with all my heart and knew that I knew, but had no direction of what Mm. to do. Um, But it wasn't until 22 or 23 that we got a new pastor and he invested in me one-on-one so much that I think he taught me a lot about pastoral ministry without actually teaching me pastoral ministry. Interesting. He affirmed my calling, gave me some direction. And I think all of us need a version of that because um, we're all unique individuals. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me go back to this idea of supernatural and the idea of just the natural, just things that are just supernatural in life. Some people will sense calling, maybe like, like you, Jamal, where they're trying some things and they're learning, wow, I'm really passionate about this. I'm really excited about this. I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. I think those are things that God has deposited in people that we should pay attention to. Okay. Even if you don't hear the whisper of God right. or, um, you know, an impression or a deep sense, that's okay, right? People hear God. People can hear God how they need to hear God. They can recognize what are the innate things that have been placed in me that's unique to me. Because what people don't recognize is there are things that come easily to you that do not come easily to me. Right. There are things that you are particularly interested and passionate about that I am not. Uh, I'm seeing this in my kids, too. Um, Sammy loves robotics. She loves everything science How old is Sammy? She's 11. Okay. And so you can actually see uh-huh. a little bit of calling at sure. a young age. Ellie is more, I mean... She looks like a contemporary dancer, and <laughs> she's... it just—it's natural to her. I mean, she can do the floss. Okay, she can, well, you, you watch these Fortnite dance moves if you're familiar with the, the video game. Who isn't? And she's great at them. Okay, uh, it comes natural to uh-huh. her. And she also loves um, anything design-wise, anything fashion. There's times she comes out, and I'm like, I, I whisper to Sharon, "Who dressed her?" She's like, "She dressed herself." And I'm like, "That looks really fashionable." So yeah. she's got this grid on her mm-hmm. that nobody else has, sure. uh, or someone might have differently. So paying attention to that. I think the other part, uh, to go back to your original question, is how do you hear God is to just affirm everyone hears God. Mm-hmm. Everyone hears God in their own way, and to discover and maybe expand how they hear God. So my classic example is if you've ever sat in a church service and the the, the preacher is preaching and something he or she says gets highlighted and you feel like, Oh man, I feel like he's speaking right to me. Yep. That's God speaking. Many times. It's just God using a person to speak to you. But right. you heard God's voice right there and then. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to that. Um, many people come out of a conference and they're like, I felt like God highlighted this for me. That could be a change in direction for a career. That could be God highlighting something that you knew from a long time ago, but you were just afraid to do it. Sure. That was an obstacle. So get rid of fear and now you'll step into calling. Another one is um, I was sitting in my room reading the Bible. And this verse just stood out to me. And of course, there's no verse that says become a communication major. But the verse says something to you that's very particular to you. And then you know the application of that mm-hmm. verse is one step closer to calling. So I think those are a few ways. Okay. And then um, we we do this activity in our Discovery Destiny class, um, which um, I just call a, um, a destiny roadmap. And it's this idea that um, we're, gonna, we're going to look at your life from when you're born to now. So if you're 50, it's a longer map. If you're 20, it's a little shorter. But we're going to break them into chapters. And we use these post-it notes to say, uh, who are some mentors in your life that had impact? Who are some people in your life that had negative impact? Mm -hmm. What are some positive events that shaped you? What are some negative events? And we're going to look back at your life by chapter in the sense that um, God has created you. And all along your life, there are the fingerprints of God. So let's look at them. Let's look at things that have shaped you for the better and worse. 
and then ask yourself, what are the life lessons that God has taught you throughout that journey? And then when you look at the whole map, you kind of get a sense of this story is very unique to you. There are life lessons only you've learned, and it, it kind of just points you in a direction. So we take that, we'll take spiritual gifts tests, we'll take uh, something called strength finders um, just to discover your strengths. All these things together, we might do some other processes to help fill out some questions mm-hmm. like passions and you know what's something in the world that you'd like to solve things like that you put them together and hopefully you get a sense I you see. get a sense of uh at least a, an arrow pointing somewhere that's the hope got it i love it well i, I hope that uh we've helped maybe point some people in, in a direction or I at least so. at the very least affirm that god is calling them yeah um i think that's, that's the first right step, so. yeah the two calls first kaleo to his family and then Clasis, which is uh, a an appointing a vocation that matches uh, the gifts of God that he's put in you. Excellent. Well, amen to that. Thanks for joining us again on episode two, and uh, we'll see you next time.